and welcome to the Steam Tower Podcast. Chicka 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 All right, live from beautiful downtown Southern Maryland, it's time for the Steam Tower Podcast, number 78 for March uh, 2016. Sixth? Sixth. I think. Great. I think. Go with that. Okay. We are a bi-weekly <laughs> podcast brought, dedicated to bringing you the latest and greatest in science, technology, engineering, art, and math. Something else. Steam powered, Steam power, power to change power, the world. Power to change right. the world. Yes. I'm Mike. I'm Lisa. It's time to get steamy. <laughs> That's really bad when I remember more of the intro than you do. We're really bad at doing these podcasts anymore. <laughs> That's a problem. Yes. But. That's because we're we'll trying to get better. Life happens. Um. All right. How are you? Long I'm, time no see. I'm all right. Yeah. Long time no see for you too. Yes, it is. <laughs> um. You just gonna jump in the stories? Yeah, I think so. We're just gonna go. I right think here. you, you and I are both kind of out of it today. So. It's a long weekend. <laughs> yes. And it's Sunday. <laughs> we're just gonna jump in the stories. We're tired. It's been been a long weekend. And so. my computer's being pumped. Yes. Like we don't have anything to um, talk about. You don't have any new gizmos or gadgets or anything, anyway. So yeah, I've, and I'll save that probably for years of resistance if I ever get back to doing that one too. <laughs> I got that one for me. Yeah. All right, well, let's get into stories. The big story since last time we uh, spoke, in my opinion, we have discovered gravitational waves, not gravity waves. Gravitational waves. And what does that mean for us? It means Albert Einstein was right. And that's all you need to know. <laughs> what else does that mean for us? So basically what it means, um, you know, there, we, there is uh, um, four fundamental forces of nature. There's the weak electromagnetic and, the, or excuse me, the weak nuclear and the strong nuclear that deal with like, you know, atoms and mm-hmm. electrons. Okay. Then there's the electromagnetic, which is light, radio waves. Um, and then there's gravitational, which we all deal with gravity every day, right? You, yes. you sit here and you, you don't fly off a planet. Yes. Gravity. Well, <clears throat> you know that, and then, so let's go back to electromagnetic, which is light, right? We know that light acts both as a wave and as a particle, right? Yes. It's a, a photon. So there's, there's, there's waves of light. And then mm-hmm. when you observe them, they kind and of what like, does this have to do with gravitation? So cause it, remember these, there's four fundamental forces. So yes. these are all, this is now, um, we've always theorized that gravity, um, uh, would react in, 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 in there's called the space time, right? It's just the fabric of space and time, right? Basically it's everything, right? Just, you, when you look at the night sky and you see nothing, the planets and the stars, though, we still interact with each other through space-time, right? We, it's a, it's okay. a big fabric yeah. which all the planets, stars yeah. sit in. Yeah. And they all interact with each other. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've hypothesized up to this point that gravity, uh, inter- you know, just like particles interact with each other, um, light waves and, and photons interact, we, we thought that, okay, Physical objects masses interact with gravity. Therefore, there must also there must be a wave that that makes that interaction possible, right? There's a force. 
So we've, we've, we've theorized that there's a force. We haven't seen the evidence of that. Okay. Force. We have, now we have the, evidence. we have, we looked at two black holes that were colliding and we have now found, we have found for the first time ever, uh, the gravity, the, we have observed the effects of gravitational waves. Okay. So, so just like, um, again, just like, uh, light, uh, puts out a wave, mm-hmm. an electromagnetic wave. Uh, so too does gravity, a gravitational wave. Now the next. So is this an important discovery for so research? It, or? It, it, right. So the importance of the thing is yes. So one, the, the most, um, immediate thing is probably something that doesn't really affect the normal day to day, right? It's, it simply proves that our theoretical model of the universe, of our understanding of how the universe works and the fundamental forces is correct. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing that will probably have some impact to people is today when we look out to the stars and planets, we use, we collect light, right? Yeah. We, we rely on electromagnetic, that, that other f- fundamental force to, to, to observe the universe. Well, now, now that we know that gravity has its similar properties to light, we could now, in theory, develop gravitational telescopes. So instead of relying on electromagnetics, we can now peer through the universe using gravity as a as a um, purveyor of information. So today we capture light from a star. Now we can start capturing the, the gravitational uh, wave. Too, and that would be able to basically we'd be able to be able to peer into the universe and see things we haven't seen before. Wouldn't that mess things up if we alter gravitational waves? Well, you're not things? you're not you're not altering. You're observing, just like you take a telescope and you observe a star. But what if through observing it, we end up altering it a little bit? Well, well, because we don't know exactly that what we're doing with it. We do know what we're doing. No, I, I, <laughs> if the, it's new, sometimes though, they sure. don't. But this is simply observing – the phenomenon is already there. The phenomenon is already passing through us and around us all the time. All we're doing is now going to be observing it. Okay. So my understanding is – I understand. I mean, there is the thought – the idea of you know Schrodinger's cat and the, obs- the observation effect where by observing something, you affect it. I think there's – that if there's any effect, it wouldn't be like a we suddenly – the stars explode, the universe collapses okay. in itself. It's nothing like that. Um there's no problems with that. But I think the next cool thing is then um, graviton. So whereas there's electromagnetic waves, but when you observe them, you you can observe the individual photons. Well, so, so with gravity, now that we've seen the gravitational wave, now in theory there should also be the particle as the, as the force carrier. We have hypothesized called something called a graviton, photon, graviton. What would that tell us? I mean, so that would tell us again the wave particle duality of the universe holds true. That so it doesn't tell us anything new; it just proves things. So right. So we we have we have theor- we haven't learned anything new. We've just proven we've something. proven what we have theorized okay. up to this point. Yes. So is there going to be new research that comes oh, out of, of this, and there will be, or is that it we- just going to be? Further proving no 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 like all science research is, yes there is a we have a track where we think we're going to head with this but it's all those unintended consequences where the real I think the real cool whiz bang stuff will occur so stuff okay. that we can't even think about today so for instance right like when going back to Einstein and his theory right um, one of the things about quantum the quantum world is time right in t- the space time and that um, 
if two if two actors are are traveling at different speeds, um, time their time dilation is different. So for passing of time for one character, if uh, for slower moving, time moves slower or um, than you've lost me. So <laughs> if you're moving fast, time slows down for you. It's called time dilation. Okay. Well, so if you so I stay here on planet Earth. And you go off and you travel for a year at the speed of light mm-hmm. and you come back here, I'll probably be dead. Oh. I'll be, I will have been 130 some years old. For you, you'll be 38. Hmm. Because you traveled the speed of light. Yes. Time for you went a lot slower. Now, that's an extreme case example, right? We can't even get, we can't even get to a fraction of the speed of light, right? Yeah, we can't travel that fast. Yes. Time. But if, we did. If Einstein had never proposed that and theorized that, then your GPS and your cell phone wouldn't work today. Because no. because you now the difference is it's we're talking fractions of second difference, right? So it's mm-hmm. not like a hundred years versus a year. We're talking a fraction of seconds of that GPS satellite compared to Earth, a body one. It just seems surface. like such a duh thing to me, like. Well, I'm glad you think it's a dub because it <laughs> 50, 60, 70 years ago, it was considered Like, blasphemy. of course, if you're going faster, time is a little slower. Like, but So the point is... But time doesn't fundamentally change. It's just your speed changes. No, your, your passage of time actually changes. A, what for you is your clock would say a second ticked. But your definition of a second and my definition of a second would be fundamentally different. That's that's that is a consequence of of Einstein's hmm. uh, general relativity. Now, again, I'm going to ping pong back and forth. We've between gotten off the gravitational waves now, right. thing now. So you ask what what? So who cares, right? Yes. But we're looking back at gravity or at at time when Einstein proposed quantum relative or excuse me, general relativity. I said GPS wouldn't work because that satellite sitting way, way, way out there. It tends us, it sends a time signal Mm -hmm. and then your, your phone receives that signal. If your phone didn't account for that time difference, that it's a couple microseconds, the way GPS works, right? I'm, I, I know where you're at. Yeah. I'm going to triangulate my my position, but if your time, I and I do that by seeing, you say you you were sent at this time, I received you at this time, that difference in time, I know I can calculate my distance. Well, if we didn't account for Einstein's that Mike that that the time passes just a little bit slower for us than it does that satellite, your your GPS would say that you're over would be like you'd be 50 meters over that side. So GPS fundamentally would not work. If we didn't, if Einstein 70 years ago didn't theorize that time passes different. So my point is when everyone asks, well, so what about the gravity, the gravitational waves? I can't predict what technology is going to take advantage of it 70 years from now, but there's a good chance that stuff that we can't even dream of today will, will hinge on these fundamental discoveries. And it'll be for stuff that we just take for granted. Like today, everyone takes for granted GPS. It just, it works. But if you had asked 70 years ago before the invention of, of GPS, if you had asked someone, what's the practical implication of this Einstein's discovery of relativity, it would be hard-pressed to say, well, here's, here's how it's going to impact you. 
right now. The thing is, it takes decades before we can take a scientific theory and put it into a practical engineering applications. So when, when we say right, we I don't it. know, <laughs> I got it. Your grandchildren will probably have something that completely relies on gravitational waves. All right, I got you. Got it? Yes. Get it, got it, good. Went off on a little tangent there, but. This is the beauty of science mm-hmm. and technology and the relationship between science, technology, and engineering. Um, all right. So, um, if you've been also listening for the past, you know, we haven't talked about it. We've been quiet, but this is a technology engineering story. Um, a couple months ago, there was those two, uh, extremists that they shot up in San Bernardino. Um, one of the, of those folks, one of the terrorists, uh, had a, um, iPhone, um, which I believe was issued by the thing they worked for the, the county or the state out there. So it was a work issued phone. Um, but. Oh, it was a work issued phone. I, I do believe it was I a didn't work know that. I thought it was phone. a personal phone. I Because if know. it's a work issued phone, wouldn't work have the. Wouldn't work need to have the ability to get into the phone? So. Right, talking about because that seems to me like it belongs to the office, not him. And, and this is why, and then that that makes right. it a little stickier. And this is why it gets. I didn't right. realize this is that. why it gets a little bit stickier. Okay, right? yeah, I didn't realize that. Um, so anyway, so um, we're not. Uh, well, here's what I I'll say: what I understand. We we don't know for sure if there's anything on this iPhone that will you know link him to other terrorist cells or 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 you know a terrorist headquarters or Doctor Evil. Um, we're not, we don't, but you know, in in the police research, there's the theory that we should maybe see, right? We we have to, as part of evidence collection. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the problem: <clears throat> the, the phone's encrypted. They, um, and there were so there were some things that Apple was willing to do, but someone either between the San Bernardino police or the FBI or some combination basically reset the phone. <laughs> They're like they weren't they they weren't they weren't working right away with the technology. They were trying to okay. break into it, right? And they, they tricked, reset it, basically, right? So they basically like erased it. Not erased it. They've just made it it the normal ways that you could get into a phone now won't work. Okay. What so what we're at now is we're, now it requires basically uh, having Apple to engineer a solution um, specifically. Basically, it says, I want you to make your phone inherently less secure in order for me to be able to get into it. Now, they're, they're offering, hey, it's only this Now, what one. happens if you reset your phone? How would you be able to get into it? So, what you have to... If the common person Right, did so that. the most common way, it, in, an, in an age before we had good security, right... Um, like, you know, how, like your phone, you, you, after 10 tries, I lock my phone or whatever. Yes, yeah. So from my understanding is what basically the police are asking is, um, turn that feature off. Let me be able to do what's called a brute force attack. I'm going to try every password possible. And then, you know, basically I'm mm-hmm. going to start with the letter A and go through every well, word. No, no, no. What I'm asking though huh. is like, suppose I accidentally reset my phone. Right. How would I go about getting my stuff back so what would i have to do you would go through the normal routine that every iphone so you, you can do things like there's the there's the recovery mm-hmm. you know did you um 
put in a, you can put in, um, but if you, I mean, that's why it says, that's why they say, don't forget your password. Like no matter but what. But you have to be you, present to actually get it back. Be, yes. So, so when they reset the phone, there was no way for Apple to recover it, not knowing what that guy's preset things were or whatever. Is that what you're saying? Right. So what we're saying is that, be, well, and the guy is dead. So the point well, yeah, is. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There was no way for them to know what his. Right. There's no way to know. Reset. There's no, well, you right. know, there's no way. Whatever. There's no way. And, and, then, and then here's another issue is that then you, then you start, and that takes us on a whole other tangent is then, then the, the, the United States, we have the, uh, um, couldn't they look it up by like his username or something and see what his reset options were? Well, whatever. But the point is, it wouldn't matter, right? Because they all rely on either something you have or something you know to reset the password, right? Mm -hmm. So physically, he would have to be willing to give up. Let's assume he was alive, right? Mm hmm. Under the under under the fifth article or the fifth um, help me here, the Bill of Rights. The, yeah. The fifth. Um, I don't know. <laughs> come on, the the fr- amendment, the fifth amendment. That's what I said. Amendment. Right. You were like, I don't know. <laughs> I said we, amendment. You, we don't. You have a right against self-incrimination, right? Yeah. You don't have to force. You don't have to say or do anything that incriminates you. Yes, but they can get a warrant and seize your thing. They can seize your stuff. So, but they can't make you. They can't. They make can't you. make you unlock it. Right. So, what happens when they seize computers from people? That and that's the and point, they right? go into computers, but they seem pretty successful at that. Because most of the time, hackers are stupid and they don't encrypt it. The point is, when you do encrypt it, when you do have a a, a more savvy, haven't they came across this issue with a computer yet? Yes, they have, and, and right now. So doesn't that set the standard for this? Right, and the standard is you can't force, you can't. No, here's the issue. The difference is, we the, the from the cases that I'm aware of, the person, the criminal, the defendant was still alive. Okay. And so you couldn't force the defendant to unlock the system because that would that infringe. We have precedence now that says that would infringe your Fifth Amendment rights. Mm-hmm. That you don't have to unencrypt anything, that because that is a violation of your Fifth Amendment right. Mm-hmm. The point here is, and and that's for domestic crime for issues too. It right? seems to me like they're going here, about this wrong because they're trying to get Apple to loosen their. Security so, tactics right. instead of going about it from the angle that you need to have access so, so to it for the, some reason. Right, so here's the fundamental issue, right? What, what's being asked of Apple is, and, and remember, th- take this in light of the target breach of the others of uh, you know the, the data privacy breaches that we've had in yes. the last couple of years, right? Companies are getting sued because they're not being secure. They're not. They weren't taking their security. Yes. Apple is one of those companies, let's face it, that takes security pretty seriously. Yes. Um, because they're, people don't buy products that they don't feel are inherently. Well, that, yeah, that's why people so buy people Apple buy products. Apple products yes. because of their security. Now, here's the problem. In a, now in this post 9-11, we're going to get every bad guy world, um, that security that protects you as an honest Joe Schmo from, you know, 
bad guys stealing your identity also makes it for criminals and or terrorists um, to also hide data. So here's the question. We have this moral problem now where do we value our privacy more or do we value our security more? Um, that's the fundamental yeah. issue that's coming down to. And if you listen to people like, I'm, you know, big believer of, you know, listening to founding fathers and there's a quote from Ben Franklin. That's not quite, except they didn't live in this kind right. of world. I but, mean, that's, you know, I'm sure it would have been hard for them to imagine. Sure. A world with all the technology we have and what security but means here's, to us in this day right. and age. But here's the fundamental issue, right? So the way the FBI is asking Apple to handle it right now is basically to build a vulnerability into not just this guy's iPhone, but because if it can be done to one iPhone, it can be done to any phone, right? Yeah. They're saying build so they in want the inherent vulnerability. They want the ability to be able to get into any iPhone they so choose. So the FBI says, no, we just want this one phone. Now, that's not... True, because there's actually except there's because, might be well, there, future cases where they already be able twelve to get other. Into the, and that's the thing. There's yeah. already twelve other cases that are not quote unquote terrorist related that are more just more nor, the quote unquote normal crime. Yes, there's already twelve cases in various court systems across the country that are going to ask Apple to do this very thing again. Yes, so that's and that's why they're fighting back is because but, because this one is being held as a terrorist and a anti you know. How can you be anti-American? Yeah. How can you be? How can you be against the terrorists? Well, the reason Apple's pushing back, in my opinion, is because they know that there's these twelve other cases coming. Yes. That are for more, you know, mundane criminal. Besides activities. that, I mean, you can't, you know, you you just can't um, have every little piece of evidence in the world that. So you anyway. know, there's going to be things that are. Secure. I mean, if there've already been cases where We've just this has been ruled null with computers, I mean, I think of an iPhone as a computer. Right. So, what is the difference? So, and and this is what I think the part of the or the story. I mean, that fundamentally, we to, to me, an iPhone and an iPad are computers. They are the tw- yeah, they are computers of today. So anyway, the point of the story that we shared was Michael Hayden who was the former NSA director, CIA director, of whom many policies were carried out um, that caused Edward Snowden to do what he did, mm-hmm. right? So for many people, Michael Hayden is, 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 is part of the anti-security, I want to spy on every American mentality, yes, right? Yes, yeah. He yeah, actually agrees with he's Apple. He's coming out in favor of Apple. Okay. Now you could you could be um, you know uh, a little cynical cynical in saying that now he's in the he's now he's you know he's left government service he now works in the private industry yeah he makes money by he's selling covering security his own products stuff yeah um but you know for once I'm going to try to say hopefully that's a more altruistic thing is coming through that <laughs> at the end of the day the potential risks of not being able to get into a few guys bad to a few bad guys phones is far outstripped of the privacy of millions if not billions of people around the world. Yes. I'd rather it's one of those things where the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one and not being able to access a few bad guys is is is, is worth it if that means I'm keeping a billion or billions of other people secure. Yes. Um, I mean people are going to stop using their and for Apple, if and they for can. Apple, it's a right, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a potential 
loss of, you know, the market if they have to be forced to do that. So anyway, that's my two cents on the story. Okay. Uh, I, I, I will go on there and say I side with Apple as well. Yes, so do I. All right. Let's get a little bit more happy fun. Teachers are using theater and dance to teach math, and it's working. Um, so basically uh, – um, and I think the story was great. There's a lot, a lot of kids, especially ones that necessarily, necessarily English is their first or strongest language. Yes. Um, that in order to teach math concepts, you know, even they have a difference of understanding the word, you know, less than or greater than, or big or small. But when they act it out by physically, you know, dancing seeing around, it, yeah. and seeing it, that the math con- concepts that are more um, abstract, like math, start to make sense. Well, I think that's a good thing. I want to go do dance yeah. theater. Yeah, I mean, I think that could help a lot of kids, especially ones with attention issues and, you know, all kinds of things. So, the, uh, anyway, the reason I like it is because there's a new term being out there. It's called art integration. So the idea is bring you – know, we've pushed art out of our schools. Yes. So what we're saying now is instead of perhaps having art as a separate class – Art can just, just integrate it within the subjects we have. Yeah, science. I think that's a great, um, a great thing. Uh, so you know, if that's the way we have to save math, I think that is a good thing. Um, you know, I still think it should be its own subject by itself. But um, if, in fact, and there's, I'm I sure know there's a lot of research. schools do still have an art class. It's just, you know, it's done once a week, and it's not very. I know from Haley's experience, the kids aren't creativity is not um, embraced in current art class. It's not about creativity. It's, it's about it's um, basically getting a degree in art history. Yes, and it's and about it's like, that's copying what, what the teacher does. Right. And that's not art. Yeah, that I mean, was not art when I went to school. No, art was to be. No, we were. Yes, own. it was to you know, enhance your creativity. And I think they're kind of stifling that. Oh, I think, which is a shame. Public education here is, and and that's why I think we're very lucky and where we provide an outlet at home for doing your own creative things. Yes. Be it YouTube videos. But some kids make, don't, some kids don't have, have that, that experience um, at home. No. And some kids at, are lucky to get dinner on the but, table. And I look at, you know, I hate to say the, what, what's the name of that show that you watch that I absolutely disdain? Uh, it's like the ch- child, child genius, child genius <laughs> that, you know, I'm sorry. It's the 21st century and we have Google <laughs> and wrote memorization of facts. Um, even the ability to do math problems is not a sign of intelligence anymore. It's just not, it's just not a sign of intelligence. They do have like anymore. some of the things you can see where the creativity comes in, but, Yes, a lot of it is rote right. memorization of facts and figures Which in and an era of Google processes and, and I can look up things just as fast as my phone. Yes. And I think what we're seeing is and we're seeing that in the stifling of our sciences and our engineering and, and you know, kids coming out of school today just the creativity, like you say, the creativity is not there. So Yeah. And if so if you want here's the thing, as an employer 
I don't care. Facts, I can, anybody can look up a fact. I'm not paying for your facts. What I'm looking for is the ability to solve problems. And problem solving is a creative task. It is yes. not a follow an instruction book because an instruction book relies on past precedents and that's not going to get you anywhere. So I'm hoping stories like this, um, you know, introduce back the artistic creative side of art. The, the free will, the expression, the exploration, um, because strict memorization, I, I, I'm not going to pay for that. As an employer, I'm not going to pay for that. I don't need that. I don't, that's not what I, I don't care about that. Um, anyway, yep, that's my agreed. two cents. Shall we move on? Yes. Let's move on. I think we're dragging butt a little bit here. Well, you went to, you say, <laughs> you started asking questions. <laughs> Uh, Google has patented a needle-free blood-drawing smartwatch. Um, basically, in a nutshell, it still pokes a hole in you. Uh, it shoots like a like a micro bullet at okay. you. Okay. So what I understand is you put a, you know you put this watch on your wrist. Um, I think it relies on the underside of your wrist, not the top side. Basically, well, that's where your veins right. are and stuff. Yeah. So basically, um, they 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 use this basically it creates a little vacuum. They shoot with they're calling it a micro particle um, at supersonic speeds, uh, which um, we're saying it's something that's smaller than the human hair. It creates a minuscule cut in the in the skin. The negative pressure of this little watch is a little something that's a little vacuum basically um, sucks. The blood doesn't want to come out, but the, the fact there's a negative pressure, you know, when that little particle hits. Squeeze it, a little bit of blood comes out. Yeah, I um, have worries about that, but I guess we'll see. You know, and it's not enough to do. You know, it's it's enough to do uh, some basic tests. What they're saying is probably in, the, in their little patent application that you know that is simply it's going to collect the the blood, it's going to do it digitized, but then it sends it off. So about how long until we start to, to see something like this on the market? Does it say? Uh, let's see if it says. Um, bum, 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 uh, it does not say. See, so I hate hearing I, about so all I, these great, great new medical technologies and inventions and things that don't give you an idea of when they're going to be able to okay. be available for the general public. I'd say, I'd say three to five years. That's, okay. That's my guess. It'll be a three to five okay. years. I mean, you got to think. We'll right, see. I guess. Gotta, well, the thing is, you have the, the the thing that makes it hard to judge is that the medical healthcare industry is just beginning to undergo the digital revolution. Mm-hmm. You know, so much of our society has been literally changed by digitization. You know, the music, videos, movies, banking, um, education, a lot of stuff, you know, you can get, you know, I took classes online, right? Stuff that fundamental things have changed. Your healthcare has fundamentally not changed. Yeah. You've gotten, you know, we've had, you know, there's whiz bang machinery that does you know, different exams and, but fun, like, the fundamental principles of how the medical industry work has not changed yet. Um, so things like these Google stuff, basically the, you have to start a, you have to basically build a um, trust with the public and you have to build a desire for change. In other words, you know, there's so much, and you know this better than anybody, <laughs> yes. how much you know, medical stuff gets tested and tried and tried and yes. tried. Um, but yet there's also very 
promising uh, treatments that things that get stifled and held up because they have to go through all these um, different U.S. you know uh, FDA yeah procedures and, 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 things, and AMA yeah. and well plus so, big pharma stomps on a lot of things and <laughs> you know we have uh, the politics of the, healthcare there's, I think is worse and than politics, the um, and that's the point is techno that, technological exactly revelations but technology drives. When you can show people how much better, faster, cheaper you can do stuff, you force that political and economic discussion. You know that. You know, look yes. at what happened. Changed the music industry, the the movie industry, to what's what's the education industry is currently going through. Um, technology drives all the other discussions because you can't because technology can let you do things better, faster, cheaper. Um, anyway. If nothing else, you'll have a really cool new smartwatch in a couple of years where mm-hmm. it'll take your blood glucose right right there on your phone. <laughs> so that's cool. Um, all right, next story. MIT's amazing new app lets you program any object. They're a reality editor. Um, it's a little crazy, weird idea. I think it's very conceptual. Uh, but basically, you can go around to various devices in your house. You scan them. You You assign attributes to them. Um, and now your phone um, can kind of come to the controller for those things. It's very weird. How does that work if the object doesn't have, have right, the technology yeah. built into it? Right. And that's where. Um, like if I went scan the lamp, how am I going to turn that lamp on and off when the lamp doesn't have anything built into it that allows me to do that? And that's the point is that for this really to take off this kind of concepts, right, the, the Internet of Things has to be in place. But so that I don't see what their concept is. Their concept is. If you're forcing companies to make their products with technology built into them so that your right. concept can so, work, I don't see how that's really a concept for them. like Right. So because by then you'll be able to control it with any phone, any, you know, anything. Right. So, so let me, let me, what does this if, do? If you, that's new? Right. So if you just watch it, it, it's, it took me, I'll admit, it took me a lot of times to read. It yeah. I've me. read it and I don't understand. Okay. It. So, um, you know, the thing, the website called if this, then that, Yes. Where, like, if I, if, like, I've used it for some of my projects, right? If my, if our, uh, the parking assistant detects a car, drives into the, into the garage, sending me an email, right? That is, that is sort of what we're talking about here. It's, it's if this, then, but a lot of it's if then, God, I'm IFTT, if this, <laughs> then that. Right now it's all virtual, right? Like, yes. if I click this button in my browser, save this website to a Google Docs page. It's very yes. virtual, right? They use, and I'm going to use this another term I like, meet space. So there's the virtual space, and then there's meet space where we meet physical stuff, re- rely, right? Work at. All they're saying is with this, with this, with this app is that. It does re- it, the stuff is going to have to have built-in intelligence. Yes, so I don't see what the app. The does. difference is, it's how do you make things work together? It's so instead of thinking of like I turn my light on with my phone, I yes. turn my thermostat on with my phone. 
So you're saying I turn off one light switch and everything everything turns off. Right. But still, how is that their concept if the stuff isn't built into the products? You're right. I don't get what their app does. It 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 basically makes the Because you can't create this technology when it's not already embedded in the objects. So right, and this is why it's so very but they're basically saying is this is what my my criticism of the internet. are they saying we would like all of this to happen? Yes, this is all. This is a this is a so this isn't real product. This yeah, is but that doesn't a, seem a like concept. a new thought to me. It just doesn't. Maybe they were the first to capitalize on it in the form of an app, but I mean that seems like something everybody working with the Internet of Things yes. would like to do. What they're just trying to say is they're coming up with a concept of you know. Hue light bulbs is only going to make light bulbs. Philips is only going to make light bulbs. They're not going to get in this yes. thermostat game. Hypothetical, theoretical, right? Yes. Let's assume that Philips only does light bulbs. And Google Nest only go, is only yes. going to do thermostats. So even when the objects do have this technology, they don't what interact. good is this app going to be? So what they're saying is we are going to offer a solution that regardless of who you buy, like whatever product you buy. We can get the technology to talk to us. We can make. Anybody's stuff, talk to anybody. Talk to stuff. us, t- talk through us. Basically. And then through us, we can control the other things. Correct. That's the okay, in a but, nutshell. So this is something for future. Just like if this, then that is a mediator between different web services, this this product here, this um, um, reality, reality editor, thing, is yeah. the if this, then that for physical stuff. Okay. That if I detect a change in this one physical object, I can tell this other object to, to do something different. Like Through your I, phone. Well, not necessarily through your phone. The idea that the Internet thinks is future is that it just it happens because everything is connected to the Internet. So it won't have to go through your phone. What they're showing it has here to go is, through this app, though, right? So imagine this is how you set it up. So the picture you're seeing is the setup process, mm-hmm. right? You're saying, if take this device... And this is in its output. And if this output occurs, drag it over to this device and have this device do respond in this way. So yes. this, what you're seeing here is so not you set it up through the app. How to set it up? Yes. In a nutshell. Okay. That's it. So basically, this app is just an interface of a way to talk to different objects that have this technology right. embedded. Baking. Okay. It's just a way to make a program. Okay. There you go. So right now, this app is fairly useless to us. Right. This is this is basically in a lab still. This is not okay. Real, real because the majority yet. of people don't have Smo- I mean, lamps with that technology built exactly. in. They don't have beds with right. that technology built in, or coffee pots, or whatever the case. Exactly. Okay. All right. I got you. Shall we get a little bit closer to reality to today? Something you can actually buy here soon. Sure. How about Mattel is building a $300 3D printer, <laughs> a toy studio for kids? My only thought with this is, like, what do you do when it breaks? You buy another one. It's only $300. Just like any toy, yeah. Exactly. I mean, that's the great thing about the maker movement when you have these, like, open source projects like 3D printers and things like that. If something breaks or something malfunctions or something, you can go online and learn from other people and kind of figure out yourself how to fix it. That's not going to be the case with this thing. So um, long story short, Mattel 
who, you know, makes toys. Um, I think is do. I'll give him credit for one thing. I mean, right? it's a good idea, I guess, in well, I mean, theory. Well, here, well, here's the thing, right? All kids' toys is made out of what? Plastic. Plastic. Yes. And guess what 3D printers Plastic. use? Plastic. Yeah. Plastic. So on one hand, it's very smart because Mattel knows that as 3D printers mature, that there, there's, it's very likely in 10, 15, 20 years that when Haley has kids, mm-hmm. when we go buy our grandkids. Their kids will be able to use the 3D printer. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. We're not going to go to Target and buy the um, uh, Star Wait. Wars figure off we'll the just shelf. Print, we'll gonna, get the, we'll gonna, get the schematic for it and exactly. print it off. Exactly. You're okay. going to buy for, you know, the rights to the, the yeah. rights to print out yeah. five copies of the Darth Vader model. Yeah. Um, the only I thing I wonder about with this is that the 3D printing software, I mean, I've worked with it personally. It's a little clunky, tough to get. So, you know, I would think that, I mean, I can't imagine many kids would be able to work with that. So that, right. So, so they know that. So they're working with um, Autodesk, who are the guys that make all the professional mm-hmm. grade AutoCAD and whatnot. Uh, they're make it's going to be an iOS or Android app. So you're okay. gonna, it's going to be app based, which you could argue may, is simpler. So uh, would I be able to then use that with your 3D printer? Well, that's that's because what, like that's somebody like say, me, I would like wow, I would love to have that dumbed down right. software. Well, hold on, be careful. <laughs> you can do that today. You can. You there are apps that you can get on the phone, on the iPad today that will let you that dumb down the 3D printer yes, software. That, okay. Um, but I will say that it is even for me, it's still a little clunky. Yeah. Um, because there are things that have to be so specifically measured and everything sure. to print but, your but object. toys. Not really. Right? I mean, toys. There's there's wiggle room. Um, but anyway, I would hope they would have basic. Um, like I would hope they would have a few um, schematics already they, they laid do. out in the software. Like if you want to print a doll, press this. Yes. If you want to print a ball, press and this. And that already if you want to. Yes. Like where, and then maybe have a thing where if you want to design your own toy, go right here. But we already have certain things we've figured out how to print that you can print yourself. Right. So. What this is, this is going to be the all-in-one solution. So today, like the Autodesk has these apps where you can go do, you can create either what's called Creature Creator. There's mm-hmm. a couple other ones. There's, you can do that today. Eventually, you've got to get to what's called an STL file mm-hmm. or an object file, but usually an STL file that your then 3D printer can slice into something I've called I've seen Geekos. that Creature Creator. That's still a little bit dumb. So hard for, I mean, for us, maybe it's for, just that I don't, right. I don't get the whole X, Y, Z axis thing. Like my brain us, has a hard time right. comprehending for us that, old farts. Yes. How to design with that. But remember, this isn't built for you. This is built for kids. Yes. They're much smarter than we are. So anyway, <laughs> um, the only thing that's got, I'll say the one thing that has me concerns, um, uh, and I, I get it because I, I have a, you know, a printer bot, which is a very kind of a, you know, it's a, you got to know a little bit about what you're doing to make it. It's not necessarily yeah. a, 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 the most user-friendly kind of 3D printer. Um, but the flip side to that is I can pretty much throw any sort of filament at it and it will just chew it up and spit it out 
and print away. Yeah. There's some other 3D printers that are much more proprietary that have like, think of like your, your traditional desktop printer, right? It uses cartridges and only yes. the cartridge built for that model. Yes. You can fits, use, you, yeah. right? It's not like there's just generic ink that you just plug in and yeah. Print, right. What I see here is with, they call it the thing maker. It seems to me, and is I hope it it's proprietary not, filament? Is, is that right? So is there a little RFID thing? Just like your, um, the Keurig, right? Yes. Two, you know, oh, that yeah, out. where the RFID tags exactly. are in the top of the coffee. Yeah, and if you have the and knockoff have, one, you can't use the exactly. yeah yeah that's so, terrible. So I don't want to have to read the RFID. Although people anything. have have made workarounds to that. Yes, so and, and they've even eventually people will make a workaround well, for this too. Back to their new stuff, got rid of that too. Yes, because they realized that was stupid. Yes. Um, a little bit greedy of them too. I'm hoping that. <laughs> that. You know, if I were to un- like, I go through this orange and I print all the orange out. Can I just go? You know, do I have to do two things? Do I have to go buy my other filament and unwrap it and round it around this thing simply to use another type of filament I want, mm-hmm. or can I just do I have to buy the thing maker filament? Can I buy, you know, my stuff from Amazon and just use it as is? I'm guessing that you probably have to buy the thing maker <sighs> filament and that. at least put it on that. Um, wheel or whatever, you know, yeah. it's, I don't know. And I don't, so I don't want to put words in that because so much of this is goodness. I mean, I think that the fact that Mattel, a company that just makes their living out of printing plastic crap is like, excuse me, toys. Um, <laughs> there's when you're a parent, you have too much of it. Sometimes um, the fact that they know though, Hey, the future is kids creativity. This helps do science, technology, engineering, art, and math. Um, and three hundred dollars. I mean, it's so it's you know, it's not the cheapest toy. Yeah, it's it's not something every kid's gonna find under their Christmas tree. But three hundred dollars makes it a lot more likely than a thousand dollars. Yes, it makes it a lot you more know. available for you know middle class families. Right. So I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping this is going to be a good thing. And then of course the print quality is it really how crappy is it made? These are stuff we're not going to see until we actually get one, our hands on one. But I think it is. Just have to wonder like the, right the clientele that's going to buy this. Like we would never buy this because we already have a 3d printer. And if Haley wanted to print something, we would encourage her to find a way to work with you to right. map it out with the software. So the truly, like, you know, the kids of the maker geeks of the world that have 3D printers and stuff aren't going to be the customer base for this. Right, I think The customer base is going to be people like, you know, my parents or your parents or something that, you know, if when, like, younger people, though, that don't have, have any kids. people that don't have as much um, technology, like they're right. People that don't have as much know-how with maker things are going to be buying this and not knowing exactly how it works. The people that have a smartphone, but only have like five apps. Yes. Yes. Or or, or just people who aren't more technologically inclined. They're going to be the ones that buy this. So how, you know, I'm just not sure if this is something that's going to really take off or not, you know, I it might so. be one of those things where everybody thinks it's cool at first 
And then the kids think it's a piece of junk after they use it one or two times. And they can't I'll be honest, think I, about what they want to print and they don't, you know, it tears up or well, whatever. I hope it catches on like wildfire. The interesting thing of is this isn't the first thing maker. Back in the 60s, Mattel had a thing maker where you could actually melt plastic by holding it over a fire. Oh, my. <laughs> there's actually and there's some other companies. Well, I mean, have. gosh, just think about the chemistry kits and stuff they used to have yes. that you could literally blow up stuff with. I wish we still had those. I mean, <laughs> really, you know. Yes. That, you could kill people with those things. Well, that's that in a nutshell. All right, let's move on to the that's next it. story. That's the end of the story. Oh, me. really? That's, okay. That's it. I cut them cool. out. Good. We're done. That's all the stories for this week. Good. Well, we, I think we've been long yeah, enough. Good. So. We've long with yep. All right. So um, we'll be back in a few weeks because I'm not going to We'll lie. try for a couple we'll weeks. We'll try every other yeah. week, but probably not going to happen. Um, I'll be back, though, next week with the Gears Resistance because there's some things I have percolating in my mind already. Okay. So. Um, but with that, uh, if you want to go look at the backlog uh, when we were a lot more active and we had a lot more stories <laughs> coming to catch up. You want to catch up on the stuff? Yes, help yourself. Uh, you can head over to steampowerpodcast.com and links to everything else from there. Except the early, early ones didn't have me. Uh, the early, early ones. What were the have. ones that started with me around the 50s or so? I, I don't know. know. I'm, I'm not sure. Back no, I haven't been. I haven't done it that long. I don't know. I know. You can go watch it and tell us. I don't know. I, although I have been doing it for a couple of years, so I think. I yeah. don't know. They'll tell us. Since mid-2014, I think. Mid-2014. Yeah. Back in the day. <laughs> Back when we were younger with the snuffles. All right. So we're going to wrap it up there. Uh, thank you all very much for listening, watching, and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so until next time, uh, keep it stay quirky. And keep it steamy. Thanks for watching. Bye.